Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning, 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific, and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Radio Dreams. Wow, what a wonderful film. Radio Dreams, winner of the 45th Rotterdam International Film Festival Tiger Award. It's the newest feature from Iranian-British director Babak Jalali. Radio Dreams creates the bizarre yet real world of PARS, P-A-R-S-F-M. It's a Farsi-language radio station broadcasting from the heart of San Francisco. The story unfolds over a single day as the station manager... Ahmed, uh, and, and yes, and tries prepares for the triumph ro- broadcast of a pairing of Metallica and a uh, a band from uh, Afghanistan called Kabul Dreams. Uh, in the meantime, he is juggling a, dis- a mix, a dysfunctional mix of on-air talent, station managers, performers, while fending off the owners' plans to arrest control of the station. That is a very I mean, there's a lot going on in the film. I think you can tell from the introduction. But this is one of the most entertaining, really beautifully done films I've seen in a while. Uh, and we're so honored to have with us today, as I said, the director, Babak Jalali. Babak, welcome to Film School. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Yeah. And I, I don't know how, how close I came to really summarizing the film. Uh, it, it, it takes place over the course of this one day. And there's a Correct. sort of waiting for Godot kind of situation where we are waiting for Metallica to show up, and that that's sort of the the, the uh, what's the through line pushing this film and in a in a narrative way. But there's so much more going on here, and the acting and the people in it are just so interesting. They're so interesting and so fun to watch. Um, I just don't know where to start. Tell me where the story came from. That's a good place to start. Yeah, that's always a good place. Um... The story, basically, um, the producer of the film, uh, Marjan Morimi, who is an Iranian who's lived for many years in uh, the Bay Area, mm-hmm. um, she had produced documentaries before. She hadn't uh, worked in fiction. But she wanted, to, uh, she wanted to adapt a book which she loved very much called On Julia and the Scriptwriter, which is a Peruvian novel um, set in the 50s. Um, in Lima, Peru. And most of the story of that uh, book takes place in a radio station. Um, so she approached me, uh, having seen my first feature film, Frontier Blues, uh, with the idea of uh, adapting this book, uh, but uh, adapting it to the Bay Area and um, sort of um, making it about Iranians living in the Bay Area. That proved really complicated and not possible, but the idea of keeping it within the radio station and uh, an Iranian radio station stayed with us, and we took it from there. That's how it came about. Okay, and there is actually a PARS radio station. Is that that correct? Uh, There is. I mean, there is variations of it. Okay, Um, okay. PARS is a very, you know, commonly used um, uh, Farsi language language. Things for televisions, or okay. I don't know, like um, even for electrical so companies that selling that sell uh, electrical supplies and whatnot. But uh, and Pars FM, no, uh, there isn't one um, a radio station that's actually called that. Okay, would be trouble. Would be in trouble if there was. <laughs> yeah, well, I just it. You know, I have to tell you, and it's funny that you, you as you talk about this, uh, it sort of came um, to you from someone who's involved in documentaries. 
for the first five minutes or so of some early part of the film, I thought it was a documentary. I mean, I, I, I should have known it wasn't, but I mean, as I was watching, I thought, wait a minute, this feels like a documentary. And then it became it became clear shortly thereafter. No, I mean these these characters are are, are they're, they're just too good. They're just too good at what they're doing to be a documentary. But that I think is a testament to just how how real this feels. How well, you're able to capture this this uh, this station and these people so effectively that it fooled me for the first couple of minutes as to what it was a narrative or a or a documentary. Well, in actual fact, I mean, I mean, it's definitely narrative fiction. Um, but as an example, like Kabul Dreams, the band are an actual band. I mean, they are actually they are actually the playing themselves, who are Afghanistan's first ever rock band. And uh, although, I mean, they're playing themselves in so much as they're playing the band Kabul Dreams. Their right. story is not exactly the story of. I mean, this didn't happen to them. I.e., coming to a radio station in America to meet Metallica. That, that's part of the story of the film. But the three guys are actually members of a band called Cobble Dreams. And uh, they had migrated to the Bay Area about three months uh, from Afghanistan, three months before we started shooting. Well, so, they're very good as actors. I mean, yeah. I, I, they're very, they have a great presence on screen. Uh, and that kind of leads me into the, uh, the cast here is, is wonderful. Now, Mohsen Namju is the kind of the he's the heart and soul of this film he's he's interesting beyond words in terms of just his character his mannerisms his kind of outlook on life really fascinating character and uh, tell me a little bit about his character um he um his character i mean more <clears throat> well for your listeners who may not know mohsen um, amju is a very uh, renowned iranian musician uh, in real life and um, a very talented singer-songwriter. Um, he's not an actor. I mean, he had acted in one feature film previously. That was about 10 years ago or 12 years ago in Iran. But um, his character is, um, he plays the role of uh, Hamid Rani, who's running the programming of the station. So, you know, it was very early on decided that Mohsen Namju wouldn't play a musician. Uh, which is what he is in real life. And mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much music in the film, as you notice, besides Couple Dreams, there's other people playing music. Right, there's, right. you know, the story of Metallica. There's all this kind of stuff going on on the keyboards. <laughs> but Mohsen Namju, who's actually, uh, like I said, a musician, yeah. um, very early on, it was the, we knew that he wasn't going to be playing the part of someone who's involved in personally in music. He's, a, he's playing the role of a writer. So he's... Um, He's a novelist um, who writes in the Farsi language. Um, we assume he was somewhat renowned in Iran before he migrated to the Bay Area. And uh, for someone who yeah. uh, livelihood, his whole reason of being, or the use of words, when you know you're uh, climatizing to a new language, uh, you kind of you're lost. You know, um, yeah. Yeah. So in his case. The English language is not something he's very um, good at uh, or knows very well. So as a for a writer, that's very frustrating. And um, running the radio station, he has all these ideas of what a proper radio station should be like, what kind of programming it should have. So in his mind, you know, if if he was to turn on the radio in the car or at home, uh, he would listen listen to the programs that he himself would like to program, whether that's about a Salvadorian poet no one's heard of, yeah. or if it's about you know singing a um, a revolu- uh, 
a left-wing uh, Iranian revolutionary song from the 70s that no one's heard, or having someone speak Assyrian on radio, which is something you never hear, even though we have Iranian Assyrians. Um, and uh, so it's all these obscure programs that he um, he wants to have on air, because that's what he would, he would want to listen to if when he turns on the radio, as opposed to the more generic um, commercial radio that we used to. Yeah, and again, he's so she's so compelling. Even I mean, it's not just in his what he says; it's in his face. It's, he's a, he has a remarkable ability to kind of convey a lot of different things through his body language and through his mannerisms and his and his just as an expression. And he's in some ways he's a, a calming influence in a in a in a situation where there's a lot going on. But at the same time, just below the surface, there is the passion that you can see in him as his character. Uh, it is, it's really a terrific performance and um, one of many, I might add, in this film. Uh, by the way, yeah, he's, go ahead. Please. He's very talented. And Namju, like I said, even though, like I said, he's a, uh, primarily a singer-songwriter, a very talented one of that, um, he, he has this natural ability as well to um, obviously... He's acting uh, in this film, um, so he's being someone else. But he has this charisma and this presence um, that is quite unique, I think. That you know, and I think um, he's 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 quite a special human being in that way. Yeah, I, I can't take your eyes off him when he's on screen. He's, he's just terrific to watch. Where uh, I want to remind our listeners that we're speaking with uh, Babak Jalali and. Uh, previous film frontier blues if you know him from that but this film is called radio dreams and it is opening here in southern california today uh it's opening at the lemley um i always aria um fine arts in beverly hills and i believe that's on wilshire you might want to check that out it's also at the uh, lemley town center in encino and also at the edwards west park which is just a few miles from where we're broadcasting from and here in Irvine, and also in uh, San Diego, it's opening at the Digital Cinema. It, it'll be opening up and rolling out across the country in D.C., Connecticut, Vancouver, and just keep an eye out for this because, uh, again, I, I hope I'm adequately conveying just how wonderful the film. This film is funny, it's, it's serious, it's artful, uh, and the characters and the interaction, it all, most of it, if not all of it, well, not all of it, but most of it takes place within the confines of the radio station. And these characters that are in it, this, that have the station owner. I want to talk about the station owner and his fascination with wrestling, his wrestling <laughs> fetish. And then uh, the woman who's not program director, What what is her role? Um, the daughter of the owner. Oh, she's the, there no, to. Okay. She's the daughter of. And she's there to basically um, take care of the finances of the place, make sure, you know, the commercials come in, make sure, you know, they're maximizing the, you know, the fact that Metallica are supposed to be coming that day. So, um, you know, it's a small radio station. You can tell by looking at the place that it's kind of run down. So she's there to, you know, to start beefing up the place. Well, again, there's these little touches that the the, the owner's uh, fascination with wrestling and his in his trying to enlist uh, uh, one of the uh, one of the people at the station, the the keyboard guy. And I'm I'm sorry, I'm I'm going to struggle with describing these characters. So, to, just uh, those little these these little side stories that again make this film so entertaining to watch. Uh, tell me a little bit about that storyline. I'm sorry. The wrestling. Um, <laughs> that actually, I mean, that wasn't actually uh, scripted. That's something I came up with while we were shooting. Um, 
the scene um, that uh, guys uh, attempting to sing sing a Russian song called yeah. Katusha. Yes. And uh, the boss, the owner of the radio station, and Hamid and the boss's daughter are stand sitting there watching yes. him struggle through this. It's and uh, everyone leaves the room, and the boss is there. Remains the owner of the place. Remains uh, si- remains sitting there looking at the keyboarders. And there's this uncomfortable silence where the keyboardist doesn't know if he's allowed to leave, and the boss is just staring, staring at him. <laughs> and finally says, "You know, young man, do you know how to wrestle?" <laughs> and, uh, that uh, that scene, the scene was supposed to end when they're just staring at each other. Right. But I was, uh, as I was just behind the camera and I was watching them stare at each other, I just shouted off camera to the uh, owner, asking him if he knows how to wrestle. And he said, "Do you know how to wrestle?" And he said, "And I told the guy, say, no, I don't." <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it came about, and then we built on it through the film. And the reason I came, I mean, I thought of that was just this moment, you know, the, the boss, the owner of the place, you know, he has no clue what's going on in his radio station. He's <laughs> indifferent. He's just hanging out in his office, eating salami and, you know, reading newspapers. And he's bored. He's into wrestling. Um, he has, a, you know, a fr- two framed pictures of wrestlers yes. on his wall. Um, wrestling in Iran is huge. Like and this is not you know WWE or whatever. It is. It's, it's Greco-Roman wrestling yeah. or freestyle wrestling, the type you see in the Olympics, yeah. and which is also huge in America and it's something Iranians and Americans really share. Which yeah. um, um, is and amongst our countries, Iran and America, most of the time since you know the fallout of the revolution and the hostage crisis, what has brought Iranians to America and Americans to Iran has been wrestling. Yeah. It's, it's happened a lot. Yes, and. Um, um, so <laughs> what happened is that, um, yeah, and this just, uh, it's almost like a somewhat of a, you know, mildly homoerotic thing he has going on as well there where he wants to teach him, um, how to wrestle where the young guy, the keyboard is, you know, he's just, you know, going through the motions mm. and just doing what the boss says when and he has no interest in wrestling. He has, he's kind of weirded out by it, of course. Yes. Well, and, um, well, I want to get to the, something before we run out of time because the film looks beautiful. I, I want to my hats off to the cinematography in this film. It's beautiful. I know you shot most obviously a lot of close quarters doing this film. There's a, the the use of the sort of shade, dark. There's a lot of different kind of palettes there in the film in terms of the look of it. And uh, and the style. I, I would like to ask you. I don't no- normally do this, but you know, like influences because this film feels like other films that I've seen. In some ways, it's unique unto itself, but at the same time, it feels like there are some influences in your filmmaking. Um, I'd like to kind of explore this a little bit. The, the cinematography first. Who yeah. your, your your cinematographer was wonderful, and I, I mean it. It, uh, it has a terrific look to it. Yeah, he's um, he's he's a friend of mine actually. His name is uh, he's based in Berlin. His name is Noah Desha. He's also we've worked together a lot because um, he did the music for Frontier Blues. I co-produced his first feature as a director, which is called White Shadow. Okay. And and then he shot uh, um, Radio Dreams. Um, and um, very talented guy, uh, a dear friend of mine. And uh, he uh, the production designer Laura Lati, who's uh, the Bay Area-based um, uh, production designer. She also was involved in like, different color schemes and palettes and things like that. Influence-wise, going back to the first part of the question, I mean, I'm more, if you like, than European cinema than I am of Iranian cinema. People like Karismaki, um, Aki Karismaki from Finland, or Roy Anderson, the Swedish director. 
And um, yeah. pound for pound, if you told me, like, you know, pound for pound, just based on our career and um, films they've made, I would say Aki Karismaki is my favorite director. So. Yeah. Well, again, now, as you say that, uh, it, it, there's a number of Swedish, Scandinavian films that have come out of late, and there, there is this kind of, uh, and I, I like to use this phrase a lot, but sort of the, the, you lose, you use a lot of space in your, in your scenes. Scenes don't, it's almost, it goes back to, uh, Jarmish. It feels there's a little Jarmish in here and that you linger on people with the camera sure. a little bit longer than yeah. you would think would be normal in a, in a, in most films. It, you, usually there's a cutaway right, but you stay on them and give mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. you give that sort of the, the actor and the scene a chance to kind of, it, it takes on a different feel in some ways when you do that, and uh, I just love it. I just love your your the way you you approach this project and the way that you were able to to do that. And it, and all it has a pace to it too that's really really nice. It it just it's yeah, and, and it's funny and it's dramatic and there's a lot of things going on here. Now the film has been uh, you've won awards. There's been great reviews uh, regarding the film, so it's it's got to at this point feel like a, a you you know you really hit a home run with this uh, thank you very much i mean uh, yeah very kind of you thank you i mean it's it's it's, it's a it's a project that um, in many ways it was surprising how you know it came about because it happened so quickly and um oh. it happened you know very in a very free spirit spirited way um and you know i think sometimes um, maybe perhaps not always but sometimes some projects is necessary to work in that way and the producer was wonderful enough to Give me the freedom to, for example, come up with things as we shot, such yeah. as, for example, the wrestling thing, such as the poem one of the members of Couple Dreams reads to, that he writes on the toilet seat and reads to the boss's daughter. Those were all stuff I came up with while we were shooting. And a lot of producers would be, you know, freaking out, saying, what are you doing? No, we can't, you know, we haven't, we haven't written this. We haven't, you know, okayed it. Yeah. But, you know, there was that level of freedom I had. And mm. um, the whole spirit of the film was in that way. Almost everyone, one professional actor, and um, it, it it needed to be that way, I think, and that's why I think um, hopefully that show that spirit shows in the actual final film. It does for me, and I'm sure for others as well. And a quick shout out to Lars Ulrich from Metallica. Oh, I don't want to say too much. Maybe I said too much already with that. No, but I mean it's, it's yeah, well known. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's. Um, <laughs> I, I th- if, if I may say a couple words, I mean he he was really um, uh, he's really wonderful because he. We, the producer wrote his manager and he agreed very quickly to do this. And, you know, he read the tre- synopsis. And I think he was just intrigued by this idea of, you know, a group of Iranians and Afghans <laughs> making a film in San Francisco. <laughs> and he came down and he was so good, so kind, generous. been generous since yeah. uh, with his support. And, yeah. um, I mean, it could have been, we didn't know if he was going to come. You know, if he hadn't come, it really would have been a waiting for the situation. And, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. but. But you know, but he was really a good sport for doing with it, and I'm really, really um, happy he did. Oh, I'm so happy for you, and I'm so happy for the film, and it's it just it's a kind of another layer of cool that that it brings to the film, and that's just fun. It's just a fun film to watch. It, again, it, it, the film is Radio Dreams. It is screening uh, today here in Los Angeles at the Aria, A H R Y A, Aria. Film uh, Fine Arts in uh, Beverly Hills at the uh, Lemley Town Center in Encino and the Edwards West Park in Irvine, and as well as check the website, which is RadioDreamsTheMovie.com, to find out more about it. 
Uh, my congratulations to you, uh, Babak uh, Jalali. It is a terrific film, and I please come back again uh, <laughs> next time you do another film. I can't wait to see it, and uh, congratulations to you. Thank you for having me. Thanks very much for the kind words as well. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Take care. Bye. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.